Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, today our special guest is Rebecca Smith-Aldrich, and we'll be talking about our great library systems here in the Hudson Valley. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Sarah. You know, Rebecca, there's only one thing that's disappointing. And that's the, your name isn't Marion. <laughs> Marion. Oh, you just had to go right there. You had to go right there. Madam Librarian. I and, wanna, hey, that was actually really on thank pitch. Thank you, I'm very impressed. Thank you. you and I both the, have musical theater Well, experience. I was going to say, for those people that don't know what that means, that came out of left field, and Rebecca had said something about aliens earlier, right. so we don't want our listeners to think that you're an alien. That's from the famous Meredith Wilson musical the music man starting the starring the immortal robert preston but let's talk to rebecca smith aldridge good morning and welcome to radio rotary thank you for having me so with screenagers right they call them screenagers instead of Uh. teenagers with people under 30 all looking at their iphones and ipads and all these things that i don't understand why are libraries still relevant today oh how and why? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> I love it. Oh, good. We just turned the next half hour over to Rebecca. That's yeah. wonderful. We'll you, be back later. Right on, girl. Go, Go for it. Why are libraries relevant? Sure, because libraries have never been about books. Um, I think people have a misperception that books equal libraries, and libraries are really about empowering people. And millennials and teenagers are all about empowerment, self-empowerment, and learning about how they can do a better job for their community. And libraries are the platform for that. So and we're really focused on creating knowledge rather than the particular device or format information comes in. You know, we always hear this term millennials. Let's define it. Who are the millennials? Well, it's not you. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm it's the not civil, me. I'm the, I'm the civil warriors. I know. am the parent of a millennial. <laughs> All right. So what age range is Let's that? Let's think about so people under Kathy the age Kruger. of 30. Under the okay. age of 30. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm 30 plus times two at well, least. Well, let's not even go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. So you, what I want to get back to is what, Rebecca, you just said, and basically what is the mission statement, I guess your mission statement, uh, that's what I would call it, a strong one at that. It's the platform for information that empowers all of us, basically. It's not just limited to millennials. Mm-hmm. Or to screenagers, or to whatever or to a lob, whatever label you want to put on it. Geezer. Geezers, I'm a geezer, yes. Um, soccer moms, Kathy and Sarah. Um, it's it's a place where you can go to get information, and it's available. It's not like the old looking in the card system and no. going and finding the book on the shelf, which I personally think is a lot of fun. But <laughs> you and my dad both. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> bit of a scavenger hunt or something. It's very exciting, but. Explain to us why, since that system, libraries have changed. How have they changed? So libraries have always been about education. Okay. There used to be, I think, a limited way for libraries to help with education. And now we're really focused on all different learning styles in our community. So some people like to learn by reading. Some people like to learn by listening, like to a radio show. Uh Other people like to learn by doing. They are kinetic learners. They need to have hands-on experience with something. So over the past, I'd say, 10 years, libraries have really changed the way they're offering 
the knowledge creation in their communities through not just the book collections, but through the collections that really is the community. The community is the collection. So the wisdom, the knowledge that we all have in our neighbors, how do libraries create access to that? Not just to access locked into a book format or a database format. We're looking at all formats. So you're suggesting people. then that you bring people in to share knowledge. Absolutely. And so that a library is really, could be, should be, is the cornerstone to your community in oh. many ways. Yay, Sarah. Okay. Can we add that to <laughs> like our that. to our mission statement? So and the just, libraries have come into the 21st century and you no longer have little old ladies sitting in the front saying, shh, <laughs> and stamping the or return called card. Mary and the librarian. Well, sometimes we have little old ladies, but they're definitely not saying, shh, they're saying, come on in. What do you want to do today? And no more stamping the little card with the date. No more stamp. We have one library that does it just for the nostalgia, but <laughs> no, not too much anymore. <laughs> but really, Sarah, I loved what you said about the cornerstone of our communities, because libraries have always been called the cornerstone of democracy. Oh. And I think that's something really critical to, to realize, is that libraries are a uniquely American institution. We're by the people, for the people. Kathy, who's in the room with us today, is a library trustee because she believes that everyone should have access to information and a learning style that reaches an individual. So that's made possible by our neighbors. So that whole idea of service above self is really demonstrated through public libraries. Boy, you've done your homework. That's the Rotary motto. <laughs> our guest on Radio Rotary, Rebecca Smith-Aldridge. We're talking about the great libraries in the Hudson Valley. So Rebecca, um, in hard financial times, the amazing thing is that, that libraries are used more. People just feel they They've got to cut somewhere, so they're not going to the local bookstore or to the, you know, one of the chain bookstores and buying books. They're checking more books out. Mm -hmm. Or video games. Right? And have you seen or that? Or movies. Uh, have you seen that uh, in the last, uh, well, since two, the 2008 financial crisis? Absolutely. All right. Um, has there been a dramatic increase in the use of libraries? We've definitely seen an increase in use and non-traditional use. Such as? So we no longer just measure usage by how many books got checked out, how many things got checked out. We're looking at how many people come through our doors, come to our programs, use our tech, log into our Wi-Fi, all sorts of things. So we definitely saw that spike during the recession. Interesting little fact, during the Great Depression, there were more libraries built than any other time in history. No kidding. Yeah. So people are really smart when it comes to how the library helps people because the Return on investment is so high. So the library should be added to that old, funny, like W.C. Field quote. I think he's credited with this, that mm -hmm. the, the only thing that doesn't go broke during a depression is vaudeville and... Um, it's vaudeville and liquor, right? <laughs> if so, only that were true. And we should add libraries. <laughs> well, to we'd that. like to say that, but you know, I think taxpayers and politicians have to make hard choices when times are tough. And what's really cool about New York libraries is that the people, the taxpayers, have the right to vote on how much they'd like to tax themselves for library services. And it's, it's pennies. It's pennies per, it's per so, thousand it's, assessment. It's really low. I mean, I'd never say each person's financial situation is different, but I think libraries are highly respectful of that because the return on investment taxpayers get for the amount they invest in is phenomenal. We did a campaign this year called Real People, Real Dollars, mm -hmm. where we had families calculate how much do you save by using your public library, and not one family had an amount lower than a 1000 bucks a year. So sure. that's huge when you're paying less than $100 a year for your library. Sure. So now you said tacking into your Wi-Fi and things like that. So this is they, they are in step with technology libraries, Rebecca Smith all 
Aldrich. Who? Let me spit out your your title. It's you impressive. You are the co- it really is. You're a coordinator for library libraries for sustainability. Coordinator for library sustainability. That's yep. an amazing. That's how do you put that on a business card? That's what happens when they let me make up my own title. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> well, it, what what it is, it really is. It says what you really do. Uh, that's that's the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah. So you're involved with a lot of the libraries throughout the Hudson Valley. Yep, we have 66 member libraries in the Mid Hudson Library System. Just let's just say that again. There are 66 libraries in the Mid Hudson Library System, 3,000 square miles, about 600 library trustees, over a thousand library staff people, serving close to half a million people in the Hudson Valley. And one of the most wow. amazing things you folks do is the interlibrary loan system. I mean, you know, I'll see a. Uh, uh, a review in the New York Times uh, book review on a Sunday about a new book that I'm interested in, and I can go on my computer, hook into my local library in Red Hook, bring up my account, and say, "Please reserve for me this new book when it you know when it comes out." Mm-hmm. And I get an email back saying it's there in Red Hook, and it may have been shipped up from as far away as Newburgh. I mean, you know, it's just mm-hmm. and it's within a matter of a day or two. It's just fabulous. Yeah, because the libraries are smart. They know if they work together, they can get you more. Instead of each library acting independently, by working together, they're connected. They're connected, so you have more access to more. It's not just the items in your local library, but two and a half million items across 66 libraries. We can actually get you anything in the world through the network that libraries have built over the past few decades. That's fabulous. It's pretty awesome. So Rebecca, sustainability, Rebecca Smith, sustainability. Aldridge. Sustainability. <laughs> I'll be saying that on the way back on the Taconic Parkway, Rebecca. So, Re- Rebecca Smith Aldridge, what got you interested in going into library science? My father, actually. He was a library trustee for uh, about a decade in Pleasant Valley, no less, where Kathy is. Kathy um, Kruger, our great. Producer. producer. Yeah. And uh, he really believed that libraries gave back, uh, that libraries really enhanced our family because that's where we had access to technology. We weren't necessarily an IBM family that had access to computers in the, when they first came out. He saw that was the place for his kids to have the same access all the other kids in my school did. So he gave back through being a library trustee, and then he created the junior library trustee position just for me. How about Aww. that? Now we're going to so find dorky. out. We're going to find out more <laughs> about uh, libraries in the Hudson Valley and our great guests, Rebecca Smith Aldrich's dedication to make sure that you've got a great library in your community in just a moment. But first, let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the highly literate and well-read Sarah O'Connell. Our very special guest, Rebecca Smith Aldrich, telling us about the Mid-Hudson Library System. And Sarah, who keeps us on book by sponsoring Radio Rotary this week. Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury Bank, your regional bank, for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Please visit them at salisburybank.com and by the featured Rotary Clubs of Brewster East Fishkill, Fishkill Goshen Highland, Hyde Park, Kinderhook Tri-Village, Kingston Sunrise, Millbrook Nanuet, and Newburgh, New York. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. After thousands of years, after crippling millions of children, polio will soon be stopped forever. All over the world, people are joining the men and women of Rotary to end polio now. People like Jackie Chan and Jane Goodall. We are this close. This close. People like Archbishop Desmond Tutu. This close. People like you. Be a part of history. Help Rotary end polio now at rotary.org slash end polio. We are this close. 
For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Salisbury Bank and Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and investment services. With 13 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess and Orange Counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, including Riverside Bank with division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal and business needs. Check them out at salisburybank.com. That's salisburybank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Hi, this is Kathy Kruger, producer of Radio Rotary. If you are listening now, so are your customers. You can advertise on Radio Rotary for as little as $25 per week. Call me, Kathy Kruger, at 845-635-3499. That's 845-635-3499 for full details. Or email me at info at radiorotary.org. That's info at radiorotary.org. Looking forward to working with you. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell, and welcome back to the second half of this edition of Radio Rotary. I'm joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser. Well, good morning, Sarah O'Connell. And we are talking to the wonderful, very well-informed and literate Rebecca Smith-Aldricks, who is the coordinator for library sustainability. Can say that four times fast. Coordinator of library sustainability, coordinator of library sustainability, coordinator of library sustainability, coordinator of library sustainability, because I am. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, a radio ding, ding. professional. You are. So I'm always trying to trip him up. <laughs> Rebecca, I'm sorry you got caught in the crossfire oh, a little happy bit. To be, happy to be However, better. we have been having a very um, wonderful, inspiring, and energetic conversation about the 66 libraries that exist here in the Mid-Hudson Valley, how they're connected, and what they mean to the community. So give us in two sentences a recap of our libraries in Mid-Hudson. Sure. You've got an amazing network of libraries throughout the Hudson Valley that work together to make sure you have affordable access to the services that really matter to you and your family. And that is beyond going through the Dewey Decimal System and finding a book on the shelf. Absolutely. How have libraries changed in um, you know the past 25 years as far as facilitating information and how you access it? Sure. Libraries have really harnessed technology to make sure you can get to what you want faster. Um, so if it's a book, you can get to it quicker through the online catalog and searching a shared catalog of two and a half million items. You can download ebooks and download audiobooks. You have access to people now, not just stuff. So you're going to more programs at libraries than you used to. There's a more of a community center feel to the See, organization. There's a lot more public assembly. Absolutely. Um, that's free oftentimes or most times to the community. So oh, you... Yeah. Or you, you might have somebody who's a Civil War buff, has a lecture in your local library or about how to plant a garden. Mm-hmm. You know, just wonderful things go and on. And some great children's programming, I know, always. in many of the libraries. Well, it's always mm-hmm. focused on kids. Yeah. yeah. And, but, and but it also focuses on people like you and me, Jonah. Right. I'm no kid anymore. You know, and like our producer Kathy was talking off uh, mic earlier, it's where she learned a lot about technology. Right. Was through the library that mm-hmm. she supports and volunteers for. And it's plus really- and Valley. It's, it's like the it's People's fabulous. University, really. And, well, there you go. Yeah. People's and, University. I and like speaking that. Of tech, speaking of technology, you mentioned something called an e-book. Yes. For 
old geezers like me, explain <laughs> what that's all about. So it's an electronic version of a book. They've actually kind of created a, recreated the experience you have with a print book, but you can read it on your iPad or your Kindle or your Nook, and you can borrow it for free from the library. So just about any book that you would be interested in reading, search the online catalog, you'll see options. You'll see a print book, a large print book, and the electronic version of the book in many cases. So say for someone who is not of the technology age, and you may be omitted for it, but the rest of us in the studio, <laughs> this has all happened in our adult life, in our maturity. Um, if I have an iPhone, a smartphone, or my kids gave me an iPad, which is what happened one year for Christmas, and I don't know how to download the ebook, I can take it to my library and they'll assist me with that, won't they? Most libraries absolutely walk in and there's someone there who can help you do that. There's also fantastic help screens right through the library's website that'll take you step by step how to use your device. So if you're a kind of a night owl and you're up at two in the morning uh-huh. and you want to figure it out, really very easy. I mean, I'm not, I'm pretty tech savvy, but even I need a little help to figure it out and it was very well done. But I think the point is, is don't be afraid to go yeah. to your library and ask for assistance. When Absolutely. it comes to, I want information, I need, I would like to have, um, to learn, to continuing learning about any topic, you can go to your library. Yeah, I think what we've seen a big shift in is, you know, if people just need a little fact or a, a starting spot, they're going to Google it, obviously. But when you want to take a deeper dive into a topic or you want to make sure the information you're getting online is true, you're going to your library, you're Correct. getting help from a librarian. You know, you mentioned a very big pro- a problem with doing research on the internet. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, we've got uh, these various uh, online encyclopedias and various websites. I mean, you can go out there and, and discover that Martians have landed in the mm-hmm. middle of, uh, you know, Brooklyn. And you can discover that, uh, you know, certain people are actually, uh, you know, uh, secret aliens. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. Mm-hmm. But you're a librarian. What's on your Wikipedia page, Jonah? <laughs> God only knows. Um <laughs> And and but uh, you know you go to your librarian she's going to give you the real good she's going to point you in the direction of legitimate vetted research you mentioned also is uh, one of the things that our local libraries offer are audio books that's those books on tape where you know golden throated oh, yeah, announcers read <laughs> books. They, some libraries still have books on tape. Many, all, all of them have books on CD, but every library has downloadable audiobooks. You can download them and listen to them in the car, off your phone, again, off your iPad or other device that you might have. Lots of people like to listen rather than to read. So You know, it's a wonderful thing to do if you're in the car driving. I have always, right. if I'm driving any distance, you know, for a vacation or here, whatever it is, I always listen to a, a book, and a book you, on tape, as they really were called want, in the day. And, you know, when you finish that book on tape, if you want to be entertained even further, you can uh, subscribe to the Radio Rotary podcast on iTunes and hear almost 500 different shows of me and Sarah bickering with each other. (laughs) You know (laughs) what? I'm not going to bicker with you with that shameless plug. All right. (laughs) And that's also at RadioRotary.org. You can download any one of our 500 plus shows. And Jonah, where would somebody go if they wanted to know more about Rotary? You would go to Rotary. You go to Rotary.org, click on the club locator button, type in your home down, and join the fun, the food, the fellowship of your local Rotary Club and and support your local library because there are wonderful people working there like our guest, Rebecca Smith-Aldridge. So Wonderful, wonderful, um, wonderful Rebecca. You know, I remember it was a very big deal when uh, our class, I guess it was maybe in the fifth grade or sixth grade, I think it was the fifth grade, took a walk to the local library and we all got our first 
library card. Yeah, that it's was a coming a of big, age, big deal experience. And, and you know, and on a, on a rainy Saturday, we'd go there to the library and check out a couple books to read. You know, and it was a very big deal. Are kids still doing that? Oh yeah, it's huge. I mean, libraries make a big deal about it because for a lot of kids, it's the first real sense of agency and ownership they have out in the big wide world. Yeah. So they get a yeah. chance to pick their own books. They're having a relationship with the library staff there. They're getting to pick what they want to learn about, which is pretty cool. And that's important when you want to have kids that are hungry to learn more. Yep. So libraries really, I think, work hard to spark and satisfy curiosity for kids. And that library card is kind of that doorway opening for them to do it on their own, not just with the help of their parents. So huge deal for them. I'll go back to a point you made before about you know evaluating information. And that's yes. something that's important for kids today. Okay. They've never grown up in a world without the internet, without tech. We were joking right. around how like a lot of tech has evolved during our lifetime. It sure has. But for kids, they've never known a world without it. Yeah. So their ability to evaluate information online, we have to help them in ways that they don't realize we're teaching them anything, but to make it fun. <laughs> yeah. So we talk yeah. a lot about information and digital literacy and how do we help kids evaluate sources and question what There's they're hearing. There's a buzzword. Uh, digital literacy or a phrase. Literacy. She, she's just a fountain of information. You know what, Rebecca? You just coined another buzz phrase, new to me at any rate. What is digital literacy? What do you mean by that? Well, digital literacy is a little different than information literacy, which we were okay. just talking about. Info literacy is when you can evaluate information and understand the source of it. Digital literacy is are you literate in using technology? So for people who you know want to access information about the government, most of it's going to be online. But what if you don't know how to use a computer or a mouse or even know what the internet is? There's still people out there who don't know that. Oh, I, I can attest to that. I see it every day in my professional life. So it's really disenfranchised. Yeah a lot of people who don't right. know how to use tech or feel left out of the loop. And then where are their sources of information? Our poor newspapers are dying on the vine in many areas. Which so, is how most people of our generation, my right. generation, yeah. Jonah's generation, any, at any rate, found out about it, kept in touch and connected to their local but communities. You know what? Young people mm -hmm. do not pick up a newspaper. Uh, the millennials you spoke about, I don't think they ever pick up a newspaper. No, they don't. They read the stuff. They have it online. I was or just they, visiting my daughter. I'm giving my my uh, my uh, age away here, and I bought the New York Times to read on the train down to the city. Right. And I left it there, you know, and they were like, they were both looking at me, you know, Brian and Kayla were, because they that is not how they process current events. <laughs> well, they they get it from Comedy I, Central. I'm telling that's you, weird. I loved it to have to be able to read the Times cover to cover. I'm with you. That's that's the way I grew up as well. But I think people now need context for what they're learning mm -hmm. because we're not having that shared American experience that we used to have, where everyone watched the finale of Seinfeld. Right. Now maybe you binge watched <laughs> it once, and now someone else is binge watching it five years later. You're not right. having that shared American experience. Right. But you're having it at your public library, which is a place for people to come together and have conversations about current events and understand different sides of a story in a neutral location. So in I, a nutshell, people yeah. process uh, information differently than they did 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. And to um, our delight, the library system has not just kept uh, in step, but they're ahead of that. So any questions, any information, whatever it is, go to the library. You know, it's, it's, it's brilliant what you say, Sarah, because... Uh, Rebecca, I'm sure that some in the library science field said, you know, well, well we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. People always come and get out books. But others, more forward-thinking ones, saying, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. We have to have the Wi-Fi in the library. We have to have computers that people can sign on to. We have to have all these... We uh, have to have e 21st, Yeah, 21st century stuff. Uh, do you see libraries evolving further? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about the future of libraries and what communities really want from their library. So that's where I spend a lot of my time in my day job, which is really helping libraries connect with their community, evaluate what their goals and aspirations are, and make sure what the library's resources are match up with where people want to go. So Jonah's Library and Red Hook is one of the national models for this, going out and interviewing their neighbors. What's important to you? Where do you want to go as a community? And then changing how they were allocating their resources to make sure it responded to that. They heard a lot of families concerned about Common Core and STEM learning, so they upped their Which game. Which is science, technology, engineering, and math. A plus, Jonah. Thank wow. You. There you go. And <laughs> so I'm impressed. Only because right? I have a well, only I have a son who's an engineer. There <laughs> is, um, so they really are the cor- cornerstone of our communities. Your local library people. So Rebecca Smith Aldridge uh, of the Mid Hudson Library System. And the minute we have left, tell everybody to go out and get their library card and why it's important to support their library every year. Libraries matter. They're really essential to, I think, a free democracy. And so if it, it matters to you to have access to information that's true uh, and to find the information that matters to your family and your neighbors, a library is essential to your community and to democracy. So get out there and support your local library. Rebecca Smith Aldridge, thank you for everything you do to Wonderful keep libraries vibrant you. in the 21st century. And thanks for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. Thank you for having me. And Sarah, who keeps us vibrant by sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury Bank, your regional bank, for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Please contact them at salisburybank.com and by the featured Rotary Clubs of New City, New Paltz, Patterson, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Wallkill, East, Wappingers, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell. Our producer, Kathy Kruger, and the Wizard of the Buttons, our great engineer, Mr. Jay Verzi. This is Jonah Trebowasa thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, radiorotary.org. Hudson Valley Rotarians invite you to support Shelterbox USA as they provide disaster relief aid for victims around the world. Shelterbox disaster response teams are on site assessing people's needs and ensuring that your invaluable support goes directly to those who need it most. For more information and to donate, go to shelterboxusa.org. That's shelterboxusa.org.